0: You're listening to Now I've Heard Everything, presenting interviews with famous, fascinating, influential personalities from the 80s, 90s, and 2000s.
1: They're just afraid of food. A healthy person has a little bit of everything. The idea is moderation in all things. But I think the
0: media has just scared us they've taken the fun out of food. Master Chef Julia Child. Today on Now I've Heard Everything, I'm Bill Thompson. Julia Child is probably the reason many people became professional chefs. She's also the reason that many, many millions of other people have tried things in the kitchen they never thought they could actually do themselves. For many years, Julia Child was America's most famous chef, most likely because of her public TV series called The French Chef. In 1993, as yet another of her TV series was premiering, Child collected culinary wisdom from some of her peers for a book called Cooking with Master Chefs. And that's when I met her. So here now from 1993, Julia Child. Our television
1: show was called The French Chef, 'Cause I'd always hoped we'd get some French chefs on, which we never did. And then also it was a short title and it would fit in one line in T V guide. <laughs> <laughs> so finally we now have some chefs and we we chose them not only because they were well known and very good, but because also they also they fit into our travel schedule. So we don't have any in we don't have any in Boston, for instance, and none in Dallas, just because we
2: weren't weren't going there. Didn't see any in Fairbanks or Juneau either. <laughs> no, there probably are some. <laughs> but but I think and that's so, I think that's one of the points that you're making is that these are very talented people, but there are many more like well, them. There are many many more, which is wonderful. I think I
1: really think that in in America is going to be leading a leading culinary country in the world, mainly because we respect the profession of. Of the culinary arts, and we have the facilities to teach them now. And then I think the enthusiasm of the of the chefs themselves for their trade—that's what impressed me so much here. They just
2: each one of them just loves his
1: profession.
2: And they are not nearly so anonymous as great chefs once were.
1: Oh no, they aren't at all. And it's very, very different over in France, which I think is strange that you get Bocuse and verger and a few that are prominent. But the profession of of a chef or culinary arts is not considered an art form, very strangely. They practically invented it. But they don't respect it as a profession. I think it's mainly because you're, as they say, getting les mains dans la pâte or getting your hands dirty. (laughs) That is not upper clause (laughs) <laughs> well, here, I think it's very interesting, Most, a great many of our chefs have advanced degrees and quite a few of them started out in something else, such as Robert Del Grande, I think he was a scientist and just got into cooking and just loved it and so he stayed on, which <laughs> makes him a very
2: intelligent and interesting man. Now, see, that wouldn't seem to be logical because science is so precise and ordered and there is only one correct answer, mm-hmm. whereas cooking is such a... It's an art. There is not any one absolutely correct answer to everything. But there are lots of wrong ways to do things. I think the point is about
1: having a classical French background is that there are ways to do things and that and that the French classical has rules, and no, none of the other cuisines do have rules. And if you have a good background in French classical, you're ready for anything.
2: Yeah, I think maybe readers will be surprised, as I know I was surprised, to read that you and many of these other 16 chefs say they learn from each other. You learn from them. Oh, very much. What, what more could, could the master learn? Well, I think, I think it's in what you must find it
1: in your own profession that every day you learn something else. And that's that's it with cooking. And I, I think some people have an idea of the creative person as sort of a loose cannon around there picking up inspiration. But <laughs> well, the reason he's usually as good is because he's had very good training and then he can use it for his own creative purposes. But I think there's nothing worse than somebody who's creative with no training. They really produce inedible things. <laughs>
2: But that's, but I, you know, I watch with, with loving tenderness my own daughters as they are experimenting with the uh, often very inedible things in the kitchen. And that's, that's a, that's a good kind of creativity without a whole lot of instruction just yet, isn't it?
1: Yes, up to a point, to, I think. Yes. But I think, the, I think
2: it's so much better. It was
1: like a great pianist. You learn all of the scales and arpeggios and then you can go on from there with your interpretation. But somebody without a
2: background, you, you usually taste it. <laughs> That's true. Just thumbing through this, uh, uh, even, even the bookstore browser who is just uh, picking it up mm. and kind of thumbing through it, you're going to get very hungry very fast. Very hungry. This food looks delicious.
1: Well, what's interesting about it, I think, is this is contemporary American cooking. If you want to know what's going on, this is it.
2: I did worry, though. Correct me if I'm, if I'm off base. I Uh did worry when I see an ingredient, heavy cream and, uh, eggs and all sorts of stuff that the doctors all tell us are bad for us.
1: This is, this is what's, I think what's very wrong with a great deal of America today. They're just afraid of food and they're not taking, they're not taking, they're not using their head about it. A healthy person has a little bit of everything and you're, I mean, the idea is moderation in all things, and of great variety of foods. And it's very dangerous not to eat any fat. And, and, and eggs are tremendously valuable nutrient, nutritious items. But I think the media has just scared us. They've taken the fun out of food, and a lot of people aren't using their heads. But if you have moderation in all things and a great variety. And weight watching and exercise and fun in the kitchen—you're going to be fine. And I think the the A uh, the, what is it? The agriculture's upside down triangle makes very good sense. Where you have you have more vegetables and grains and less dairy products and meat, but that doesn't mean that you're leaving them out. It's very dangerous to leave things out because you don't know what you're missing.
2: It is still an integral part of the diet, but you don't want it to be the overpowering. A majority of the diet, that's is what but, you're saying. Oh. The the fats and the the creams and well, the the heavy Well, But sauces I think if and...
1: anyone must be mentally crippled if they don't know by now that you've got to watch your fa your fat. And that also I think another thing in the new point of view is small helpings. I mean people that go in and have a twelve ounce steak, that's just stupid. <laughs> you should have a steak. You can have a perfectly well-marbled, nice steak, with about the size of a pack of cards, or a little bit bigger than that. I was but also... you have something very good,
0: but a small amount of it. After this short break, if you're a little intimidated by TV cooking shows, Julia Child pulls the curtain back just a bit. Now back to my 1993 interview. With Master Chef Julia Child, I was also most pleased to see that there weren't a whole lot of
2: ingredients in any of these recipes that I'm going to have to go searching from store to store to store to find. And then I'll have, uh, and all the store will have is the eight-pound size, and all I need is one eighth of a teaspoon. You're right. What what we did here was to take good,
1: well-trained, fine, well-known professional chefs and put them in home kitchens, either their home kitchen or someone else's kitchen so that they're doing this cuz this is aimed at the serious home cook and these are and these are this is a serious series <laughs> but it's a very a, a very interesting one and it's full of life and what's going on
2: but it's not as we say not for fluffies that's you know, I mean, for people who really want to learn how to cook. Well, exactly. I mean, it can be very intimidating when we either read a book or see a television show mm-hmm. uh, by any author or any cook mm-hmm. who has an entire television kitchen full of every mm-hmm. gadget, every every ingredient. Mm-hmm. Everything is ready. They've got two of everything because they got one that's already done and mm-hmm. one that they're in the process of fixing. Mm-hmm. And we go home and we've got a, a narrow little pantry. It's in our narrow little kitchen mm-hmm. where we have to hang the pots, you know, right over the yeah. sink because we have mm-hmm. no room to do anything else. Mm-hmm. We say, how can we possibly make the same stuff that they make? Mm-hmm.
1: Well, you have to think <laughs> when are <laughs> going to do it. I think this is within the reach of any ordinary person who really wants to cook. And the nice thing about it, too, is that we've taken the time. You know, some of these television shows, they'll do, you know, twenty-six shows in nine days. And this we did. We had one whole day for rehearsal, and one whole day for the actual taping. And it was done. The taping was done in segments. So if it <clears throat> if it didn't tell the story the way it should, we did it over again. Mm.
2: So it's really it's really a teaching show. Is is there a certain? I don't know. You know, I know how television intrudes on everything that it touches. I mean, mm-hmm. it just changes the nature of some of what it touches. Can you, can you, is is television a good medium to use? Well, I think it's marvelous. So I think, for one thing, if you have
1: just described something in words, it'll, it may take you a page, but if you look at it, it's just a few seconds and you see what they're aiming at.
2: And you can see that's what it's supposed to look like yeah. when you whip those egg whites.
1: Yeah, you know, I think it's, I think for really good teaching, if you can have the visual word and the, I mean, the television and then the book also, then you can, you can really know how to do something. Because television is a, it's a live medium. You don't want what we call talking heads. If you have philosophy or something like that, you
2: ought to read it. But when you're looking at television, it's action. You must feel a special kinship with these people in here you you speak the same language we do what it's
1: wonderful that they all they all know each other and respect and like each other it's It's a great profession, and I hope that this book and this series will induce other people to go into the profession because it's it's fun and it's creative and you're with nice people and you can eat your work so what's nicer (laughs)
2: that's right but you know i talk to novelists who say you can give the same story idea to a dozen novelists and you'll have a dozen completely different Mm -hmm. stories Mm -hmm. it struck me that you could take any one of these 16 people say make a souffle and you'd have 16 entirely different works of art. You certainly would. You very different kinds of creations. Mm-hmm. each with, And each would be distinguishable. You could tell mm-hmm. who made what. Mm-hmm. It could be. Probably,
1: say, Robert Del Grande would make a, a cheese and chili souffle. <laughs> I
2: That's <don't> right. Think. <laughs> he love, he's a specialist on chilies. And some of these recipes really kind of—it it looks to me, because uh, I do most of the cooking in the family. Oh, you do. Um, Good. <laughs> some of these really look like they will push us to our our risk taking limits. We'll say, well, "I don't know. I, I don't know if I could do that or not." Mm. Well, maybe I could. Look, if you've seen it, don't you realize that it's not that difficult?
1: That's—I think—that makes the difference between between reading
2: and seeing. There's also a confidence factor, too, the, the, yes. the belief that, yeah, I could do that. Mm-hmm. I could do that. It's not, it, it's... I think the fact that you can see, you have it, a picture
1: of it in the book as to what it's supposed to look like, you might not arrange it in such elegance
2: as mm-hmm. the chefs do, but it gives you at least an idea of what you can do. It's like those pictures on the packages of food that says, serving suggestion. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> this is, this is, I gather, though, not everyday recipes that we would make just for the These are maybe like Sunday dinner recipes.
1: You know, well, or if you're having just some people in for dinner and want to try something. It's definitely for people who like cooking. Like me, I, I just love, I love the mechanics of cooking, which I think most people who like to cook have the same feeling. I remember reading, who was it who had, inside uh, africa and what was his name the author he said he just loved the mechanics of writing of sharpening the pencils and getting out the paper and doing everything like that it's the same
2: thing i don't i, don't, I hate housework but i'll do anything in the kitchen for instance <laughs> now, wash you, the floor or anything else are you are you one of these people who cannot pass one of these kitchen utensil stores without stopping in and seeing if there's some little thing you need I'm afraid so.
1: I'm a, I'm a megalomaniac, but I've got so much stuff now I have been able to resist.
2: How about you? Uh, uh, there's so much stuff that I say, boy, I'll bet that could be good for something, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not advancing it to the point where some of the stuff really looks bizarre, and I have no idea what mm-hmm. it could possibly mm-hmm. be used for, but I'm, I'm sure it would be fun to use it for something. Exactly. <laughs> and then I find myself going, because I've got a shelf full of cookbooks, mm-hmm. and saying, what could I make with that thing? Or, or, or I'll see a cut of meat at the store or Ooh. even seafood, which I don't generally like. I'll say, that looks good. What can I make with that? You at very good seafood here in Washington. Oh, it's, it's very good. I just don't happen to like it. <laughs> 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 but that, that to me is, is if, if you can give me a recipe for something, an ingredient that I don't like and make oh. me like it, mm-hmm. you have my undying loyalty.
1: Well, I'd like to try.
2: <laughs> and I saw several things in here that that involved either a seafood of one kind or another, or a vegetable that I don't like that I'm going it's to try.
1: What a, what a recipe in here of seared scallops, and they're awfully good.
2: Now, with see, that a, sounded with a lovely good.
1: Isn't that sound good? That yeah. really did sound yeah, good. I'm going to
2: try that, and my wife is going to go completely off her rocker because because she knows that I don't like seafood.
0: <laughs> Julia Child died in 2004 two days before her 92nd birthday. And you can find easy Amazon links to many of Julia Child's books at our website, heardeverything.com. Would you do me a favor? If you liked today's episode, would you tell a friend about Now I've Heard Everything? We post new episodes here every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And you can find us on all major podcast platforms. And you can find all of our past episodes at our website, heardeverything.com. And thanks for listening next time on now i've heard everything it may not be a three-hour tour but at least you won't wind up marooned on a desert island my 1993 interview with gilligan himself bob denver
1: once you bought that these people were really so-called
0: stranded that you'd have these kind of people stranded on a desert island that's it once you buy that then we can do anything we want like sherwood said just don't go too far and we all laugh that's next time on now i've heard everything i'm bill thompson